Thanksgiving has a steering quality to it, as we see here. Watch this. Mom's hilarious note about a shutting down living room for Thanksgiving. Nick Denbo posted this picture on Twitter. The note from his mom said that the room was off limits until the holiday oh, because are you kidding? she'd already cleaned the furniture and I the carpet. Oh. You can't go in there. She said someone is only allowed in if they had just showered. What? You need to be deloused and fingerprinted. They were wearing freshly washed clothing. She signed the note with several titles including mom payer of bills and queen of the castle well thanksgiving there has the quality of steering people away from their living room because mom as it turned out had cleaned the room two weeks in advance of thanksgiving and didn't want anyone to mess it up but that's not really the steering quality of thanksgiving that we are looking for this morning it's really more like this Thank you, God, for trusting me to be his dad. Thank you, Lord, that when a door closes, you're still going to take care of me. And thank you for mommies and daddy. Thank you, Father, for always giving me perspective. I'm so sorry. Thank you, God that you are the great physician of both my body and my soul. Thank you for reminding me that I'm never alone. Thank you, God, for what I have. And also, I wouldn't mind an upgrade soon. Thank you, Father God, for love, joy, peace, and patience. Lord, especially patience. And thank you for Jesse, even though he's mean during recess. Help him find a good friend. That's what he needs. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Well, Thanksgiving is for all sorts of things like that in our everyday life. In fact, Thanksgiving's like a GPS for your life and for mine, and not the GPS in terms of a global positioning system in our phones and our cards, but rather God's pointing system in our lives. And like GPS in our cars, God's spiritual GPS guides us and it steers us. And Thanksgiving is actually at the heart of God's pointing system, does so in four ways, as we see with 10 guys in the Bible who have something to be really extremely over-the-top thankful for. As we see in Luke 17th chapter, verses 11 through 19 in the NIV, and beginning with verses 11 and 12, we see, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. And if you had a list of the top ten things to be unthankful for in Jesus' day, Leprosy would top that list because leprosy is caused by a disfiguring bacteria that causes sores so severe and so relentless that it devours the skin, causing facial features and parts of limbs to literally fall off. And since in Jesus' times no one knew anything about bacteria, leprosy was horribly devastating. If you have a weak stomach or you get grossed out easily, it might be good for you to look away from the screen for a few moments because I want to show you the face of leprosy. This guy may have great-looking hair, but he literally has lost his nose, 
much of his ears, along with all of his fingers, to leprosy. Because it was misunderstood and so terrifying, lepers in Jesus' day stood way outside of any normal human interactions and stood way beyond the difficult issues facing some of the people that we saw in the video. Wishing not to see the picture of leprosy, if you're one of the persons took away, that's certainly understandable. You can turn back around now. Because it's tough enough, isn't it, to see a person on the screen with leprosy while it's something so much worse to actually see lots of people walking around with leprosy. So we see next in Luke that they, the lepers, stood at a distance. In fact, everywhere that a leper would go, they were at a distance. Everybody stood at a distance from them. Because if you were a leper and you approached someone or you got close to someone, you would be in danger of being stoned and killed. It was a horribly cruel and pitiful way to live. So from a distance, in a loud voice, they cried out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And pity was an appropriate reaction they felt for themselves because pity creates distance. Distance from who we hope to be, who we want to be. And pity can steer us, guide us, direct us into some devastating and unthankful directions. As we see the people in the video, they were struggling with unthankfulness. Kind of like the older guy packing up his desk. He was out of a job at a very tough age for that. Or the mom struggling with a positive perspective. The woman feeling distant and alone. The guy in the old car with the smoking engine. Or the telephone support worker needing patience. And especially the woman having serious cancer. They all felt distant from who they wanted to be and hoped and dreamed to be. But look at what Jesus said to the lepers as we get to verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus says the same thing to you and to me, to the people in the video, all of us. He says, distance yourself from what's holding you back. And as the lepers went, they were cleansed. And so as we get to verses 15 and 16, we see that one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Remember when we started, we said that Thanksgiving sort of has this steering quality to it. And as the GPS on your phone will point you to the quickest route to where you're going in your car, thankfulness, our spiritual GPS, your God-pointing system, directs you to the quickest way to the very best destination. And that is being thankful at the feet of Jesus himself. And that's the way it worked with the cleansed leopard. Thanksgiving spun him right around and right to the feet of Jesus. And any time, any time at all that you can connect with Jesus in your day, it really, truly is the best place at that moment that you can be. And thankfulness is a beeline to Jesus. Now, a second place that thankfulness directs us to is to humility. And we see this with the leper here who threw himself at Jesus' feet. He bowed down before Jesus, a gesture of humility and ultimate respect. And why is that? Because Jesus blessed him with something that it was impossible for him to experience, impossible for him to accomplish on his own. And it was overwhelming. Let me say Thanksgiving does the same thing for us. When we stop and we think about all the blessings and all the good things given to us that we had no part in earning or accomplishing, 
That's overwhelming, and that's humbling. For instance, we have the ability to breathe. We have the ability to see. We have the ability to think. We have the ability to smell. We have the ability to feel. We have the ability to love. And each of these abilities, each of these things were given to you. You did nothing to receive them, earn them, accomplish nothing to have them. And yet, where would you be in your life without them? The same thing applies just about everything in your life. Whatever it is you think you've earned, you were given the basic skills. You were given the drive. You were given the stick to accomplish that. And when you think of your life like that, it is very humbling and puts you at the feet of Jesus too. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the King James reiterates this in saying, In everything give thanks, for it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You see, God's intention for you and for me is for us to be in a constant state of thanksgiving for everything. And when we do that, we have a whole lot more to be thankful for than we do to be unthankful for. But isn't it amazing how easily our unthankfulness can block out and dominate our true thankfulness in life. It's simply amazing. Just this week, I'll confess that something was nudging between me and my blessings in life, and it was a desire for something more. My nephew who lives with us is starting to make plans to fulfill his lifelong dream to own a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. And I've been thinking, you know what? Three-wheel trike motorcycle would be really fun. So I started looking online and found one locally. It was less than half the price I thought I'd have to pay for one. And if motorcycles are something that frighten you too, you may want to look away from the screen for just a moment, once again, because this is a picture of the trike that I was looking to get. It's not a Harley, but man, oh man, it's gorgeous. That's okay with me. And not only that, but I could take a trike course starting tomorrow and Tuesday, get my license and be riding it this Wednesday. And so last Monday, I go to bed thinking, oh, isn't this great? But I only slept half the night. So I was going over and over in my mind, was this really a good thing to do? And so on Tuesday morning, I prayed really hard, asking God to tell me what to do. And so in looking around my house for a place to park it, I wasn't too successful because its measurements were bigger than I had imagined. So sure, I could find some places to park it, but they weren't ideal. And so again, God said, You know, I asked him what I should do. And he said to me, I could very clearly in my mind, why do you want it? I said, well, it would be fun. You know, I could use some new excitement in my life. And he said, oh, really? And where would you be riding it? And I thought about that. And, you know, most of what I do requires me to haul stuff around, like the signs here to church at the school each Sunday morning, like the bins of supplies to the homeless in Fern Park every other week, like my stand-up paddleboard to the beach when I go surfing. So when could I ride it? Let's see, I could ride it over here to pay the rent at the school once a month, or to the bank occasionally, or make runs to Walmart for stuff. That's pretty much it. That's not really all that much excitement. And God said, look at all the blessings and exciting things in your life you already have. And you want to go to all this trouble, you want to spend all this money, for that trike to park it in some less than ideal place at your house 
for you to occasionally ride it to some place, okay? And I thought about all the blessings and the exciting things I already had in my life. And I realized, what was I thinking? It was probably rooted in my feeling bored and perhaps unthankful for the many and profound blessings in my life. And that realization put me right back at the feet of Jesus with humility, an overwhelming sense of blessing, much like the cleansed leper. And we all need those come-to-Jesus moments in our lives so that we will not let our unthankfulness overcome and blot out our thankfulness and humility that we do have for all those things we've received from God that we've done nothing to earn or deserve, all those things we generally overlook much of the time in our lives. So thanksgiving as a spiritual GPS in our lives gives us the shortest way to the longest blessing in our lives at the feet of Jesus. But it also does something else as we get to verse 19. We see there, then Jesus said to him, you may now rise and go. Your faith has made you well. In saying that, Jesus said, your faith has set you free through the cleansed leopard. And Jesus says the same thing to us. Your thanksgiving and thankfulness sets you free. Free from that life of distance from others. Free from the distance that unthankfulness, unthankful thinking, and unthankful attitude has tacked onto you. And I have to tell you, when unthankfulness and boredom with my blessings pushed me to thinking I needed, albeit a beautiful bargain price motorcycle, with me trying to figure out how to make it happen and justify that, it didn't really leave me free. It had me so tied up and so tangled up that I almost made the big mistake that each of us in our own way is so easy for any of us to do and any of us to make. And that is looking for freedom, looking for peace, looking for fulfillment in things rather than in Jesus. So Thanksgiving steers us along the quickest way to the most important place at life, which is being at the feet of Jesus, who sets us free to be all that he created us to be. That is the power and the steering ability of thanksgiving. But there's one more thing that it guides us to. We see when we get to verses 17 and 18. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? You see, thanksgiving puts us directly on the path of praising God. The nine lepers who were cleansed, I'm sure they were very thankful, but their first focus was where? It was on themselves. It was on getting recognized as now cleansed and cleaned and cured by the priest so they could begin living a normal life. And while this one cleansed leper was kneeling before Jesus, would also want to do that, he also want to live a normal life, his focus was on God, firstly. And when we try to live a normal life on our own, we can do that. Or we can put God as the foundation of our normal life. Psalm 22, 3 in the American King James says, But you are holy, O you that inhabit the praises of Israel, your people. You see, God could now inhabit the cleansed leper, the one that returned to give thanks to him. And the word inhabit means to live with and to live in. And having God to live with and having God live in you is so significant that Jesus in amazement said here, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? In other words, Jesus was flabbergasted that the other nine went on with their agenda 
before having God inhabit their lives and their situations fully, especially after the huge blessing of healing them. And that's how Thanksgiving, too, can steer us from living for our agendas instead of living for God's agenda, which is having God inhabit us, live with us, live in us as the foundation from which our agenda can then grow and develop in our daily lives his way. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37, and 38 in the NIV, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. In other words, when we thank God, what we are actually doing is honoring him for what he's directly done for us. And when we praise God in thanksgiving, what we're actually doing is honoring him for who he is. It's thanking God for the qualities of his heart towards us, as well as for everything he does for everyone else everywhere beyond us. And honoring God in this way is the first thing and the greatest thing we can do to having him living in us. So as we enter this week of Thanksgiving, friends, understand how crucial, how very crucial it is for your life. For Thanksgiving is a steering wheel in your life to the quickest and the best place your life can be, and that is in the presence of Jesus, where you're humbly overwhelmed by your blessing and where your humility leads to freedom and peace and praising God, the God who can inhabit you, who can live with you and live in you so that he can set your life's agenda instead of you always doing so. So this week of Thanksgiving, leading into this holiday season, let Thanksgiving steer you to the ultimate life God has for you. Will you pray with me? Great God, thank you. (laughs) There's that word again. Thank you. Thank you for the many blessings of our lives. Thank you for all those things we take for granted, Father. Thank you for all those things that you give to us that we just never even consider a blessing. Our sight, our minds, our thoughts, our hearts. Thank you for all those things, Father and so many more. And so this morning, dear God, we just ask that your word this morning, they'd be like seeds in our lives that would grow in our understanding of thanksgiving through this week of thanksgiving and through this holiday season and beyond. Transform us now. Steer us in new and brighter and fuller directions of you with our thanksgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.